On today's Domain of Heroes podcast, we'll be talking about EOS and the TED Talk, old players or new players, and special item drops coming just in time for the holidays. Also, what's going on in the world of gaming and a player interview with Fox. Here we go. The Domain of Heroes podcast. News and information about the MMORPG that's a little different, and we like it that way. Play the game free at www.domainofheroes.com. And now, your hosts, Aaron Murray, Fernando Boz, and Brian Talbot. This is the Domain of Heroes podcast with Aaron, Fernando, and I am Brian. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing excellent. Wonderful. Aaron? Great. Perfect. I like that. So a lot of fun excitement. On the last podcast, we actually had a player interview with EOTH, and EOTH was talking about a lot of things, but uh, also mentioned that he was going to give a TEDx talk. And indeed he did. He gave a TEDx talk in Dayton, and uh, a real cool moment there. Domain of Heroes was featured in that TED talk with a grand hello from all of our players to EOTH and the Dayton TEDx community. Yeah, the, um, his talk was titled uh, The Spectrum of Gender, and he was actually featured in a local newspaper in Dayton. Wow, that's very cool. So TEDx is Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And it was a conference that was actually started a long, long time ago, and one of the attendants one year fell in love with it, said, this is my calling, and actually bought the rights to the TED title and the TED conference. And he really wanted to grow it and reach out to a whole bunch of people. So it was pretty cool. What he ended up doing was taking the format of the conference and documenting it and providing it and then giving it away. And that's why, for instance, this one is TEDx Dayton. Anytime you see TEDx, that's one of the extensions. And so this was in Dayton, Ohio. I was able to watch the stream, uh, the TEDx stream, and, and see Eof do his talk, The Spectrum of Gender. It was good. And then uh, he sent a piece of news where he was featured in a local Dayton newspaper for having one of the top 10 memorable lines of the entire talk. Very cool thing about Ted. Aaron, thoughts on Eof? Well, Eof has been around for quite a long time i think like january 2009 ish he joined and we've exchanged quite a few emails over the years and he's just been really helpful that's how i know him is helping with bugs and uh, and player issues and always been a really positive person to interact with a joy to to work with on the the back end of you know figuring out bugs and how to fix things it sounds like not only in the game but uh in real life as well quite a contributor and someone who's always there someone you can count on yeah so congratulations to eos thanks and thanks for being a part of the dope community Speaking of the Doe community, we have another old player who's come back and, and become a new player again. This is one of the developers of plugins, right, Fernando? Even before Doe officially supported uh, plugins, uh, Chermaka was using Grease Monkey to develop plugins uh, to make a lot of verbs and actions easier for our players, especially around inventory. I understand he's uh, working on or has just finished a new plugin. Yeah, he came back and he he got to work quick. He 
develop a plugin for the latest feature, which is the museum. Again, making things easier for the players. And uh, the cool thing is that he's a player, so the back and forth between the person that is doing the development and the players, it's instant. In relatively small amount of time, the players get something that makes their experience better. The museum is a new feature. Aaron, you want to talk a little bit about the museum feature? Yeah, the museum feature is something that I like. I enjoy collecting in general, just anything that I find interesting. I tend to want to collect a few of the things that stand out, and then that eventually leads to collecting a lot of the things. And and so the museum, to me, is just an interesting, fun metagame, I would say, that uh, I happen to really like in games. I'm really happy to see Charmaka back and doing plugins. He's been around since uh, March of 2009 uh, is when he and I first started exchanging emails. And he made one of the prolific inventory sorters. And that went through a ton of iteration. (laughs) A lot of player love coming from that plugin. The plugins are more challenging to make than most people realize they're they can be simple but they can become very complicated the plugin authors i give them mad props because it's actually much harder for them to make plugins than it is for me <laughs> to to write the code in the game because they have to figure out my uh, organization for all that javascript code and so for these folks who are making plugins that work so well and everybody loves uh, i have nothing but respect for them and and i get a lot of joy out of the fact that people are making plugins because, you know, I like programming and I like contributing and I know that they're, you know, the same way. And to be able to facilitate that environment for them and to have that be something that's so enjoyed by all the players, it just feels like a win-win all around. So it just makes my heart happy to see that activity happening. Fernando, tell us a little bit how the museum works. You find items. And there is a um, small icon that looks like a TV, but it's more like a display case. If the item is not in your collection, you click that icon. It adds it to your museum. There are a lot of items in the game that even the most avid collector, which I presume it's Bliss, he still has ways to go to complete his collection. So it's a process. And then if you add the newly released uh, seasonal items, which are only available during small windows in the year, then it's that much more of a, I guess, milestone to fill your museum. And just to be clear, the museum, once you put an item in the museum, it's there for good. You can't take it back out, correct? Correct. You're basically saying goodbye to that item. Let's be clear on that. That's, that item goes into your museum and stays there forever. It does become a permanent part of your collection, and it's always there for you. You just can't use it in the game anymore. Yeah, um, it's it's a one-time operation. It's not reversible. It'll be there, and you'll be able to see it. With the new plugin that Termaka developed, it's going to add to your percentage of collection. Sounds interesting. Now, wait a minute. I thought I just heard you say something about new seasonal items are dropping. Can you get into that just a little bit more? Yeah, so we already have um, six Items, Halloween items dropping. Last week, we released three. The hockey mask, lollipop, and the claws. Classic. Yeah, hockey mask, well, I mean, Jason, right? And the claws, if you look at them, it's Jason's number one competitor, Freddy. 
And then this week we have um, more like classic Halloween. We have some vampire teeth, clown mask, and an invisible pedestrian outfit. And then uh, for the last week of October, and ending on Halloween, we had the Frankenstein mask, a pumpkin, and a witch broom. Those are going to be coming next week. So nine seasonal items in all? Yes. Three per week. Three per week. That's pretty cool. What about heading into the rest of the holiday season? Anything uh, planned for that? Yeah. So uh, for November, it's going to be split into two different events. The first two weeks is going to be Day of the Dead. And we got uh, six items, again, three per week. And then the last three weeks of November, because it has five weeks, is going to be Thanksgiving items. And then for Christmas, uh, for December, uh, we have three weeks of Christmas and then one week dedicated to New Year's Eve. So one week dedicated to New Year's after Christmas is over? Yes. The last week of December plus a little bit of January We'll be doing um, a party hat, the New Year's resolutions, some of are two of the items that you're going to be seeing uh, during that time. So look for the new items. They are already on their way out. Yeah, we have uh, for Thanksgiving, my favorite one is the Pepto-Bismol bottle. Oh, that's perfect. So I know we've talked a little bit about rebalancing in the past. How's the rebalancing effort coming? Is it about done? Where are we with that? I'm going to say that it went well and that when we were doing that, it was definitely planned as like a three or four stage. And the first stage was long in the sense that everybody in the community pitched in ideas. And so it was was a long process on purpose because a lot of people needed to get their opinions. And then once that was done, I personally needed to grab all of that and enter a lot of data. We knew that the two or three weeks after that initial data release was going to be heavy on tweaking, fixing data entry mistakes, but also balancing. I'm surprised that we came out out of those three weeks, having heard much of um, any issues with the skills. So I'm happy. It went well. It definitely added a layer of strategy to the game around the cooldowns. That was what inspired us to do this skill revamp. I think that's really important to to bring a little bit more equalization to the game, certainly not discounting what players uh, have been able to build up, but to allow or enable other players to actually challenge. So another thing that we've introduced that's brought a little more balance into the game is fusion. Fernando, you want to explain what fusion is, how that works, and uh, what players could expect? Yeah, so fusion basically allows you to combine up to six items to get uh, an item of a better or a higher rarity and uh, also with better engines. We run it as an event, and we're going to be doing that again soon with some tweaks. We learn a lot during the first time that we run it, and this time we're going to do some cool things around base damage and base defense that we didn't do the first time around. So uh, stay tuned. So is fusion actually a modification of items or is it a trade of items for a new item? You basically grab three items of the same color and the same icon and you combine them into the same item, let's say uh, an arm cannon. So you combine three rare arm cannons and what comes out is an epic arm cannon. Or three epic arm cannons, what comes out is a legendary arm cannon. You get a better item by combining three of the same kind into one. Well, that sounds like a very cool thing. 
great way to not only clean out your inventory, but also create a lot more value out of excess inventory that you may have sitting around. Yes, that is one of the ideas of, uh, of the feature to um, turn every colorful item into a chance for something cool. During the first uh, run around of the fusion, there's some strategy around how to do this right. So it's not all luck, and that's cool, right? Because it is that combination of strategy and luck in, in any game that is really fun. Yeah, kind of like the strategy in turning in your tickets at Chuck E. Cheese so you don't walk away with 100 Tootsie Rolls, right? Correct. My kids always walk away with only Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> My kids were teenagers and still doing that. Yeah, there's something about getting candy versus a toy that's going to break in 12 seconds and then just throw it directly into the trash. They might as well just unwrap it, put it into the trash, but at least get some candy out of it. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Speaking of tricks and treats, we have a new treat coming. It's a new class. Is that correct? Terra Jack, he ran a small event on his own. It struck me as, uh, as something that might be a good thing to do, a good, a good event. Uh, we have 27 classes and 30 races. So we're going to start with a new class. Players are going to be able to suggest the class, and they have to, it's, it's a whole pitch. It's the class name, the skills, the lore. They have to write the whole thing, right? Terra Jack, Foxy the Pirate, that's another one of his uh, two names. He's going to be running the contest, and he's going to choose a winner. And the winning class is going to be added to the game. So we'll be up to 28 and 31, huh? Yes. Figure out the multiple on that. That's a whole lot of characters that you get to choose from. Speaking of players that have influenced the game, we have a player interview now with longtime player Fox. Our player interview today is with Fox. Fox is a longtime Doe player, both in the re-release earlier this year and the previous version of Doe from the very beginning. When did you start playing Doe? Uh, I'd say probably nine years ago or more. I know I came in like maybe a year after its release, something like that. And what drew you to Doe? I can't remember exactly what brought me into Doe, but... What kept me was the player community, people like Parra, who went out of his way in order to talk to me and make me guild-worthy to join a guild at the time. And so why do you play Doe today? It's still the same thing. The community, people like Rue and Ray and Meow, Chemical, uh, people like that, that I can just chill with, people that I can talk to during my day-to-day thing about just whatever something you can't really do with people on Facebook anymore, you know? It's funny because social media is supposed to make us more social, and I think sometimes it, it can isolate us. Yeah, definitely agreed. So that's one of the cool things about Doe is that uh, the community is, uh, is pretty vibrant, and the chat is pretty open, and uh, the players are pretty accepting. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. I mean, there are some cases where it can get a little out of hand, people getting themselves too far invested in the game. But that's expected with video games like this. Well, I think the moderators do a pretty good job of being able to keep the civility and uh, keep keep the game fun, right? Yes, definitely agreed there. When we see discussions that tend to get a little bit heated, it just shows that there's a lot of passion for this game and, and people are very connected to it. Yeah, I remember some players that they've been around Doe for years, and myself, Myth, and Rue 
had gotten into a pretty heated argument with Juan and Alinea about our arguments for player retention over like making it an easier learning curve. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is there's so much player input into the game. And that's kind of unusual. Usually a game is is what a game is, and the players either play it yeah. or move on. Um, but this one, there's an, an incredible amount of, of player input. I remember Rue and myself and Valdude, Lurkerly, we had basically rewritten the entire Terms of Service. I'd say it was more Rue and Lurkerly's work than my own. But we had written the Terms of Service years back when a bunch of players were trying to find loopholes. For the rules. So we had just tried to close all that up and make it a little more easy for the moderation team to do their work. How does player involvement in the actual development of the game influence your interest in, and your willingness to get even more invested in Doe? It's definitely helped a lot. Uh, the new skills and changing of skills to make new builds, make older builds actually feasible now. And I know a lot of players really got into trying to help out with that, and I definitely enjoyed seeing so many players just trying to be together and uh, build the game the way they thought it should go. Since the game was re-released earlier this year, what do you like the most about it? Since the re-release, probably exactly still just the community. I'm not sure there's one thing in particular that... I like more or less uh, the game is sort of still the exact same game. So the skills have changed, but I'm typically a one tune kind of person. I gamble and PvP and everything all on the same tune. I tend to just spend a lot of time grinding. As you can actually see, uh, I'm in the top for the uh, PvE kills and the top for items found in PvE kills. Yeah, that's where the leaderboard comes in real handy. <laughs> yeah, definitely does. There's a nice friendly competition that's there. Yeah, I know it's basically myself and Finder up there. Uh, Finder definitely leads the game in PvE kills. So what would you like to see different about Doe? Um, what I'd like to see different is player retention and the learning curve of the game. I know that Quan and staff have been going a little bit out of the way in order to make it a little easier by some of the plugin changes that just recently were reintroduced where some of the plugins are automatically added to you when you log in. And then there's just general help stuff, the help on login that was recently added. And I know that Ruse talked about a player entry video. I just think player retention and uh, attraction into the game is the main focus Sure. Now, you did something really interesting, uh, what, maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. You actually did a uh, Twitch live broadcast playing Doe. Want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I'm a big person into Twitch. Like, I watch Destiny streams and, and Skyrim and all that kind of stuff. I like the interaction with Twitch where you can stream a game and players can talk about what they're seeing while you're playing it. So... Uh, with Doe, gambling is definitely something that you can record and stream because that is interesting. It's constant action. The original reason I did it was as a sort of showcase for some of the plugins because at the time, a lot of players weren't even using the plugins or didn't know what they did. And I definitely got involved with that. I do plan to do another one sometime soon, but 
Uh, I'm just building up coin and such. Interesting. Now, how long was your Twitch uh, broadcast? That one was around 250 million million coin-ish, I think, and it was like uh, three and a half hours. Currently, I have a whole lot more coin on hand, so the next one should definitely be a whole lot longer. Very fun. Do you Twitch other things? Um, do you broadcast anything else on Twitch, or, or is Doe the only thing you've broadcast so far? I'm actually part of a Twitch team that speedruns a old GPA series called Mega Man Battle Network, part of their marathon at times where I run a fan game based on that. Very cool. As well as I am deep into Skyrim modding and the Skyrim modding community. So at times I'll stream Skyrim and modding it or just random other games. Uh, There's a game I recently picked up called Fae the Awakening, which is a strategy 4X similar to Civilization. So it's definitely an experience streaming on Twitch. How often do you actually stream on Twitch? I'd like to stream more, but... It's difficult for me to set up a schedule, and sometimes I'll just stream out of the blue. I'll find a game, really like it, and have the time in order to stream, and I'll just stream then. I used to try and stream at least once a week, twice a week, something like that, but uh, it's gone into I haven't really streamed in months. It's more I'd like to stream more, and that's something that's on me. So. Sure. Well, we sure do appreciate the fact that you streamed Doe and looking forward to the next broadcast on that. So Yeah. What advice can you give new players that are coming on? My advice would be to seek out older players that know what they're doing. Uh, a lot of older players might throw some wishes your way in order to build your MNR capacity and mule and such capacity. The other thing is when you do join a guild, seek out a guild that will allow you to donate your area keys and pull them back out when you generate like 20 or so to sell in the market. They go for around 100k coin, and you can drop a lot of them in a week. Excellent. Uh, if you're an active player. If you're not, you can also subscribe to the game, and that's something that's recent. Uh, and you have a key bag that will keep your keys until it maxes out. And I see a lot of players come in, and they're talking about how hard it is to level. I think it's better to stay at a low level, because the later areas need a lot more stats than the younger areas where basically you can get by with just a powerful weapon. Later in the game, you definitely need to be really well statted. Uh, I think it's more focused on building your tune than worrying about what your level is. Well, that's great advice, especially for new players coming in. Do you have any favorite stories from playing Doe, either since the re-release or even uh, in the original iteration? I think my best experience was in the original iteration, where myself and a couple players of Legion went around just conquering every area in the game in order to own every area in the game for an amount of time where we would all have to build tunes to be a specific level in order to take those areas. And that was definitely a whole lot of fun. Well, that is teamwork with the faction for sure. Yeah. Fox, we appreciate your time today and we really appreciate you being part of the Doe community. Thanks a lot. And uh, keep playing Doe. We we're looking forward to that next Twitch. Yeah, I do too. So Excellent. Thanks. Have a great one. Thanks to Fox for the player interview. That was great. What does the Fox say? What does the Fox say? Very nice. Turning to the world of games. What's new in the game world? Nintendo has something out, huh, Aaron? Yeah, they just announced the Nintendo Switch, formerly codenamed the NX. I am really looking forward to it. I have to admit I'm somewhat of a Nintendo fanboy, though I haven't played 
much from the Wii Wii U era. We do have a few 3DSs roaming around the house for the kids. And the NX, or now the Switch, looks to be a home console that you can undock and take with you. So it's both a home console and a mobile console. Looks kind of like a, a big PlayStation Vita with detachable controllers and uh, plays little cartridges. Hopefully it'll be a good success. VR seems to be the big thing for Christmas, but... Uh... Titles seem to be lacking a little bit. One that we just found out is coming out after Christmas uh, in late January, Resident Evil. Yeah, Resident Evil 7, I think they missed Christmas, coming out in January. But uh, yeah, that's going to be terrifying in VR. I still remember that first time uh, in Resident Evil 1 when those dogs, zombie dogs, jumped out and are barking. That was, you know, intense back then when you could barely make out the shapes of dogs. I don't know what it's going to be like when it's high-definition zombie strapped to your face. So there is actually a lot going out in the VR space right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that develops over 2017 as as we continue to push forward. Augmented reality, virtual reality. Uh, I think we have Pokemon Go to thank and Mark Zuckerberg for his investment in Oculus Rift. And a whole bunch of things are converging all in the right place in the right time. If you're a gamer, this is probably a great time. So what else we have going on? Halloween's coming up in just a few days here, and then we are into the holiday season. Any big plans coming up between now and the the rest of the year? Uh, my wife and I will be at BlizzCon in Anaheim. So if anyone's at BlizzCon, search us out. My wife will be wearing a Jaina Proudmore cosplay outfit. Might be able to find us that way. Fernando, what about you? What are your plans between now and the end of the year looking like? I'm going to... Um skydive holy moly yeah fall fast and land slow be careful come back safe please well at some point it's going to be out of my hand so whatever is going to happen very very true i actually had a very cool experience not too long ago i was uh, able to go up to the texas motor speedway which is a mile and a half oval track that uh, nascar and indycar run on and i got behind the wheel of a nascar car and uh actually took some hot laps I don't really carry a bucket list, but if I did, that would have been right near the top. Oh, wow. Nice. Now I had the opportunity to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Lots of good stuff, and we hope you're enjoying the next few months through the end of 2016 and have big plans for 2017. If any of the players know about gaming communities or other online communities that they think fit well with Domain of Heroes and the type of community that we're embracing then I would love for you guys to just shoot me an email, Aaron at Tandem Games or Fernando or Brian, and uh, let us know so we could check it out. We like playing other games. We want to bring in more players who get dough. We want to hit that critical mass of more players so we can really start to work on some cool battle features. But we need players for that. We want to remind you to check out our Facebook page, the Domain of Heroes Facebook page. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, do us a favor and like the podcast and then write a review. Leave a comment, leave a note. We'd really appreciate it. Same thing on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, or even on SoundCloud. Those are all the places this is available for you. So invite your friends, call up your neighbors, get your little brother involved, and then kick his tail. (laughs) It'll be good. So for Aaron and Fernando, I'm Brian. This is the Domain of Heroes podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been the Domain of Heroes podcast. If you have any suggestions, send us an email at brian.domainofheroes.com. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And play the game free at DomainOfHeroes.com. Domain of Heroes is an MMORPG that's just a little difference. And we like it that way. Thanks for listening. Thank you.